The Adventures of Bodo and Rowan Brockhaus. Chapter 1, in which Bodo relates the story of how he met Rowan. Bodo Brockhaus began his day, as he did many days, kissing his lovely wife Rowan at the door of their comfortable but modest hobbit hole in the Shire homesteads south of Mickledelving. Despite their considerable wealth, which shall be explained later, Bodo and Rowan chose number two Pleasant Street on a hill overlooking Daisy Glen to retire to after their notable adventures. Bodo and Rowan were an oddity in the Shire homesteads. While Bodo was a local resident, born and raised in and about Mickledelving, and of decidedly hobbitish manner, with his sober and conservative values, Rowan was seen as a somewhat inappropriately adventuresome hobbit from Buckland from the day she first appeared at Daisy Glen and drew Bodo off on their mysterious adventures. Bodo trudged down the hill from their home to Daisy Glen, his bag of woodworking tools slung over his shoulder, humming an elvish tune, and greeted his fellow craftsmen and tradespeople at Daisy Glen as he approached his stall. "'Good morning, Wenda,' he said pleasantly to Wenda Cranesbill, who responded with her usual superior sniff and a curt, "'Good morning!' Wenda catered to the wealthier residents of the homestead and was resentful of Bodo and Rowan's steadfast refusal to join society, as it were, and instead chose to live humbly, plying their respective trades. Bodo chuckled to himself at Wenda's response as he laid out his tools on the table under the red and white striped canopy that served as his stall. He reviewed his orders for the day and set to work. It was a pleasant day, and Bodo enjoyed the light breeze that wafted through the canopy, cooling him as he industriously planed several large pieces of wood, test-fitting their long edges together before beginning the joinery that would eventually turn them into a small alchemy table. His focus was interrupted by a small voice. Good morning, Master Brockhouse. Bodo looked up from his work and saw young Marigold Boffin, niece of Mary Boffin, the local escrow broker. Marigold's round face and large brown eyes were framed by her full head of curly brown hair, and she had apparently been appointed spokesperson for the small group of young hobbits with her. "'Good morning, Marigold,' Bodo said pleasantly, setting down his tools and wiping his face. "'Have you broken your toy wagon again? Well, set it up here, and I'll fix it.' Marigold's friends giggled, and she flushed. "'Well, yes, Master Brockhouse, but that's not why we came,' she said. Then she hesitated, biting her lip and looking back at her companions for reassurance and support. "'Go on, Marigold, ask him,' said Halfast Goodbody, son of the local healer. Marigold then broke out in a rush of words. Everyone in the village says you and Mistress Rowan have seen more of the world than any living hobbit. Is it true? Bodo smiled, sighed, and took a seat on his small, rough-hewn stool. Well, I don't know about that, Marigold. We all know about the famous Bilbo Baggins and his great adventures. Rowan and I have certainly not had such great adventures as that. But yes, we've travelled widely for hobbits, and we have seen great and terrible things. 
All of the children oohed and awed appropriately at this, and Halfast said, Won't you tell us one of your adventures, Master Brockhouse? Bodo looked ruefully at his workbench, but somehow couldn't resist this request. So, silently, he pulled out his long clay pipe, thumbed a generous pinch of pipeweed into the bowl, lit it, and puffed a few rings into the air. When he sensed the children's suspense had reached an appropriate level, he smiled and said, I suppose the best place to start is the beginning. The children cried out with delight and sat on the ground around him. Eager faces turned up, and he began. It was a day much like today here in Daisy Glen. The warm summer air filled with the rich smell of plants and good earth. Bees buzzing in the trees over the lake, whose ripples from the light breeze glinted in the sun. I was right here, working just like I am today, when I glanced up at a sound and saw the most beautiful sight I had ever beheld. Across the square, right underneath the blue and white canopy with red and yellow trim, just as it stands today, was a young female hobbit of surpassing beauty. I had never seen her anywhere in Daisy Glen or on my trips to Mickle Delving. Her hair, which was long, full, and unbound, had the most startling and unusual auburn highlights. Her hair swayed around and obscured her face as she laid out her tailoring tools and rich cloth on the table. She glanced up to speak to someone nearby and with one hand pushed her hair to the side. Her face was as beautiful as her hair and her eyes had a wild and untamed look to them. Her smile was wide and generous and lit her face like the sun. I was thunderstruck. The children giggled at this, and Bodo gave them a mock scowl and a wink. I set down my tools and wandered over to Basil Goodbody, the local party planner. Good day, Basil, I said casually. Good day, Bodo. Fine weather today. Yes, I agreed. Should bring in some custom? And I cleared my throat. It seems so anyway, because it looks like some people from outside have come in to set up shop. For instance, that young tailor. And I nodded over to the beauty that I had seen. Basil glanced over. Oh, you mean Rowan? She's here from Buckland visiting a cousin who lives up in one of the big houses up on Brookbank. Rowan, eh? I said out loud, savoring the sound of it, and thought, How perfect for this auburn-highlighted beauty. Well, I said, a visitor all the way from Buckland, eh? I suppose I should be neighborly and welcome her to Daisy Glen. Basil grinned wolfishly at me. Yes, I suppose it would be a nice thing to do. And perhaps you should do before every other young bachelor here in the Glen beats you to it, eh, Brodo? <laughs> and he laughed and gave me a shove. I strolled as casually as I could over to the canopy and to Rowan's table making as to inspect her stock of cloth. She smiled her luminous smile and said, Hello, are you perhaps interested in a new waistcoat? It looks like yours could use replacing. I could feel the blood rise to my face as I looked down at my rather tatty waistcoat that I really only wore when I worked. Well, this is my working one. I do have better. And she interrupted me. Oh, well, let's have it off then anyway. Maybe I could at least mend it for you. One must keep up appearances for customers, master. And she looked at me inquiringly. Uh, 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 Bodo Brockhouse, I stammered, 
my mouth suddenly dry as she held out a tanned and strong hand for me to shake. I took her firm grip in mine. The feeling was charged with something magical, and something changed in her face as well. It softened from that of a tailor inviting trade to something warmer. She gave me a smile with her wide, generous mouth and her eye. Rowan, Rowan Meadows, from Buckland. Pleased to make your acquaintance, Master Brockhouse. Now, about that waistcoat. If for no other reason than an extreme reluctance to leave her side, I eagerly stripped off my waistcoat and handed it to her. As she deftly mended the many rips and holes in the waistcoat, we sat and chatted. She told me that she was a traveling tailor from Buckland visiting her cousins here in the Shire. I told her of my family here in the Shire and how I had taken over my father's woodworking business after he left for an adventure and never returned. She looked at me curiously at this bit of information. So, you come from adventurous stock then, Master Brockhouse? I smiled nervously. Oh, I suppose there may be a Tookish streak in my family. My father always told us he was a descendant of old Banderbrass. But me? No, I'm a simple woodworker and a homebody. She continued giving me a curious and searching look. Hmm, she said. We shall see. And she handed me my waistcoat, looking much better than it had, and I passed her some silvers to pay for her work. She weighed them in her hand and then grinned at me mischievously. This would buy a nice meal and some pints. The day is almost over, and I hear there's a fine inn in Mickle Delving. Care to join me? I managed to stammer out a... Y- uh, y- yes, that would be quite pleasant. We shared more of ourselves during our walk to Mickle Delving. She told me of her travels with her mother, a tailor as well, and her tradesman's father. I was quite startled to learn that she had travelled as far away as Breetown, and even no bottle in Yondershire. I felt remarkably unworldly in her company, myself never having left the Shire, and only having gone as far as Brocken Borings. She gave me another searching look. Did you ever dream of travelling and adventure? She said, her long velvet skirt swishing with the sway of her walk. Oh, I said with a sigh, maybe a bit when I was young, as many youngsters do, but one grows up and must be responsible. I was surprised when I noticed my voice had more of a tone of resignation than I would have thought. Must one? she said, and grinned at me. We could just see Mickle Delving up ahead. She smiled and suddenly exclaimed, Race you! And she was off at a surprising pace. I laughed in surprise and gave chase. She beat me to the door of the bird and baby, but only by a few paces, and we both stood at the door panting and smiling at each other. Well, that was thirsty work. Shall we? She said and in a moment we were sitting at a small table against the far wall of the inn underneath a painting of a galloping horse, a pair of flagons of ale in front of us. I gave her a brief shy toast to her victory in our race, and we both took long thirsty pulls from our flagons. So, tell me a little more of your travels, Mistress Meadows, I said, enjoying the sound of her name in my mouth. Please, call me Rowan, she said, and I shall call you Bodo. 
or perhaps I should call you Turtle, since I beat you so handily in our race. I made a show of mock offense. Well, not as slow as that, but then I suppose I shall have to call you Bunny. And we both laughed. When our meals came, we shared more of our stories, and she pressed me to tell her of my dreams of adventure and travel from when I was young. She smiled at my tales of seeing the occasional big folk in Mickle Delving and thinking what it would be like to travel the world and maybe even see Breetown. I flushed with embarrassment when she laughed gently and said, Oh, Turtle, there is so much beyond Breetown. Wouldn't you love to see the misty mountains with your own eyes or see the horse lords in Rohan? Her face was aglow with eagerness, and I felt my heart race at the thought of seeing those sights with this beautiful wild thing. And then something very hobbitish raised up in my breast, and I said, But one must be responsible after all. I mean to go herring off after adventure. It isn't quite the thing. Is it? The look of disappointment in her face broke my heart. Ah, she said, family ties. You must have siblings or a mother to look after. No, I said. My mother passed when I was young, and as I told you, my father left as soon as I was old enough to take over the woodworking business. They had no other children. Her eager look returned. So, what's holding you here, Turtle? There's a whole world of adventure beyond the Shire. Don't you want to see it? And she reached across the table and took my hands in hers. And that magical shock we had both felt when we shook hands returned. I could tell from the look on her face that she felt it too. She looked deep into my eyes. Come with me, Turtle. Come with me and we will have adventures that will be, will be legendary and will make for stories that we can tell for the rest of our lives. And with that, Bodo tapped the remnants of pipeweed from his long clay pipe and stood up from his stool. Well, children, I'm afraid that will have to do for today. I must get back to work. All the children cried out with dismay and protest, asking plaintively, Did you go with her? What was your first adventure? Bodo laughed and tousled their heads. Beginnings are a good place to start, and you've heard that. As to what happens next, well, you'll just have to wait for that story on another day. We hope you enjoyed listening to Chapter 1 of The Adventures of Bodo and Rowan Brockhouse, a special feature by the creators of The Half-Hill Report. This is a work of fan fiction based on J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and the game Lord of the Rings Online. All place names, character names, excepting the original names in this work, and music are the exclusive property of Middle Earth Enterprises, a division of the Saul Zantz Company, and Standing Stone Games, LLC. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended.